and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. And this week we are going to review The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, specifically a new interactive special called Kimmy vs. The Reverend. It's basically a choose-your-own-adventure version of Kimmy Schmidt. Before we do that, um, I did want to read some mail that we got earlier this month from Kevin Donnelly. Uh, and I should say, because this is going to make some factual assertions, and we have not verified Kevin Donnelly's identity, I, so take it with a grain of salt. This is about our review of Waco, the uh, series that recently was added to Netflix and is purporting to show you know, a dramatic but fundamentally truthful version of the, the Waco tragedy. So Kevin Donnelly writes in and says, Waco opinion. Gary Nosner's book was used to get the FBI pers- perspective of the Waco tragedy. It is obvious from his book and the film that former SSA Nosner has a beef with his former bosses and it plays out in a very self-serving manner. I've typed, then erased several other paragraphs of questions concerning the veracity of the depictions of the events surrounding the standoff and siege, but at the end of the day, it doesn't seem that the production really was that concerned about bringing out the truth as long as the government was left to embarrassment and blame. I was present at the standoff as an FBI SWAT team member and saw a very different reality than Mr. Nosner's, so to use a self-promoting, axe-grinding former agent as the sole voice of the FBI in this production seems uh, too spurious and careless. Um... So yeah, I okay. I think we obviously don't know what happened, but overall seemed relatively impressed with Waco. And, and mo- to be fair, I think most of the articles I read about it seem to suggest that there hasn't been a lot of serious question about its accuracy, but clearly there are some people who do not sign on to its interpretation of what happened. That's fair. I, don't, I mean, mm-hmm. do we ever really know exactly what happened? Like a lot of the footage was erased or destroyed right like yeah and there are very few survivors from the inside version of that story so anyway at the very least it's one of those things that's like a um infamous moment in u.s history and i think something that people will continue to try to understand and look back on and retell and document and etc etc and you know to each their own i guess i don't know yeah i mean it's i'd also would say that lines up with like some of my instinctual feelings about the production but again i don't i'm not a factual person but i was (laughs) you're not really you are a professional journalist I'm a factual person. I'm not uh, privy to the facts in this case, <laughs> right. but like, yeah. It's up. I'm right. not a factual person, he said. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to, to get that out there. And of course, it, just always, if people have thoughts about anything we're talking about on the show, you can email us at originalcontent at techcrunch.com. And if it's a substantive comment, as this was, we will read it on the show. There was one other piece of news I wanted to touch on, which I feel like just describing it is going to make Jordan roll her eyes. Um, but so Jordan, do you know what the Snyder cut is? No, I don't know what you're talking. I didn't, did we prep for this? Uh, I put the link in, but I did not expect you to read it because I, I figured it'd be more fun if you were just really confused no, tell me. the whole time. Hit okay. With all of it. What's the Snyder cut? So <laughs> there was, uh, a movie that came out in 2017 called Justice League, right, which is supposed to be the culmination of all the different DC superhero movies, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all teaming up 
Zack Snyder, uh, who directed both Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, also directed Justice League, but he actually left the film during post-production because his daughter committed suicide, which is obviously incredibly wow. horrifying. Um, we were off to a bad start, and now we're really off to a bad start. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's A, like, of course that is how you would respond in that circumstance. There's some question about, like, how much corporate pressure was already on him to change the movie that he shot. And so they brought in a different director, Joss Whedon, to write new material, shoot material. I know who that is, I think. They mention him a lot in Big Bang Theory. He's great. Um, They, so the movie that comes, that came out at the end of 2017 is this weird Frankenstein's monster where you can see like one, the work of this very super self-serious guy and then like kind of edited around it are these like fun short scenes and it's kind of a mess. I, I actually enjoyed it. I know a lot of people did not enjoy it. It did not make a lot of money. In, it seemed like it kind of pleased no one ultimately because some people wanted the super self-serious version. Other people just wanted Avengers but with Superman and they got neither. And so there was this contingent of the internet I, I still don't know how big this contingent was. I suspect it's it's pretty small, but they just have an outsized voice that immediately started to kind of pound the table and say they wanted the Snyder cut of the film. They wanted to see Zack Snyder's version of the film, which for the longest time I sort of assumed was a pipe dream because his version of the film wasn't finished. He had to leave the movie before they like made you know did special effects or anything like that. Um, but then this week. HBO Max, which is owned by Warner Media, which is also owns DC, they announced that one of the things that's coming to HBO Max next year is the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And um, they're going to spend, according to The Hollywood Reporter, they're going to spend 20 or $30 million just making this version of the movie. And it will either be released as a single film that's nearly four hours long, or as a uh, as like a six episode miniseries. Okay, so I just want to make sure I have everything clear. Yeah. So we're talking about a movie that already came out. That's right, and did mm-hmm. not make a lot of money. And it is the same script. Well, not exactly. It's the same. Like, they started with one script, but then they wrote a bunch of stuff. I think which often happens with big Hollywood movies is they write a bunch of new stuff later on and then shoot new stuff that they then edit in. So, kind of the same script. Kind of the same script. Yeah, kind of the same. And then a different director. And uh, obviously they're going to reshoot the movie. They're not going to reshoot stuff. I think they're just going to redo the special effects. They're just going to take all the original footage that probably got cut out of the film that we saw in theaters, and then they're going to finish the fe- special effects. Because when Joss Whedon came, he was like, let's reshoot this, or let's add this scene in, or let's do this, or that. Exactly. And that was the yeah. one that was released. I, I think probably what happened is DC, partly, partly because people really did not like Batman v Superman, and then people really liked Wonder Woman, and, and so there was this sense of, wow, like, Everyone seems really mad that all our films, except for Wonder Woman, are so grim and humorless. Let's bring in somebody who's good at jokes and characterization, and we'll just add a bunch of that stuff into the movie. And so now that'll all be taken out again. Right. It'll be so self-serious. More self-serious than it already was, which was pretty self-serious. I mean, 
I feel like that four hours that either becomes a movie or a miniseries is going to be a waste of time just like the last 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's also like somebody pointed out like, hey, this isn't, they're not releasing something that they buried. Like they're paying Snyder $10 million to come back and recut the footage that already exists. Like like he's making a new Snyder cut. It's not like he's like, oh, this was already already there and shelved by those dubious execs, right? Like that's what people think is, had, was was supposed to happen and that's why everyone was always like release the Snyder Cut but if you look at the details of the announcement it looks like they're like now come back and do your your vision your cut but it will actually involve new work right? I think probably it existed in some rough form but not a form that you would release to the public there's probably like a lot right. of green screen there's a lot of things where the you know the explosions aren't there and, and stuff like that yeah Daryl, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I'm curious. Do you care about this, Daryl? It's uh, I, it's always hard for me to care that much about the DC movies. I, I really didn't like this one. I don't think I'll like the new one. So I don't, I don't really care. I mean, I don't like. I especially don't like uh, him, uh, Snyder. Like, I just, I, I think he's really bad at making movies. So oh I don't particularly God. want to see his interpretation of an already bad movie because I can't imagine it'll be better, but I don't know. I, I think the other reason it's interesting to me because I definitely do not think this version will be better, although I will also probably watch it, is that it's an example of, well, at least the way it's being framed is that uh, that it's sort of like giving the fans what they want. That like for years there have been at least some people online who just keep using the release the Snyder Cut hashtag and Warner Media is like, yes, we must respond to the fans. And and that may be true. I mean, I think the other thing that a lot of people have pointed out is that HBO Max is launching next week. They've got obviously some originals and they've got a lot of HBO content on the way too. But like everyone else, they're kind of coming up against the fact that, the, you know, nothing has been, you haven't been able to make any movie, shoot any movies or TV shows for several months. And it's not clear yet when that will change. So I think there's an element probably which is like, well, what do we have that will get people excited and will get some people to sign up for this that we don't actually need to have a functioning film set to start working on? So there may have been a slightly more mercenary element of this as well. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Did you guys read that article? I don't know if it was like the LA Times or something similar to the LA Times that was like talking about hygiene on set and how like it's terrible and how mm, much you more mean money. in general all sets yeah like all sets like essentially like Hollywood in general has never been super like it's one thing if you're like in a studio shooting, right? Like one of the big Hollywood studios, cause they have like bathrooms and you know, like stuff like that. But once you go on location, generally like they're in, they'll shoot in like unused office buildings or whatever, where like there's no running water. And like, it's just generally not like a great hygienic situation. And then there's also issues where like, craft services for example will put out like a big table of food not only is that like buffet style which is like you know cardinal sin at this point in the universe but also like big you know 
I'm just going to use an example. This was not cited in the story, but like a Brad Pitt type, like a huge star will come and like double dip or like stick their fingers and stuff. <laughs> and like no oh, one's Brad. willing to tell them like, like, hey, that's gross. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like the little craft services people aren't going to be like, excuse me, Mr. Pitt, like, can you not like snot on our sandwiches? You know, like, so in general, they were just talking about how it's always been like a tightly packed and that there's not a lot of cleaning. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like there's a cleaning crew that comes in and cleans the set like every night because they're already normally into overtime. And so like generally just introducing hygiene, particularly like coronavirus level hygiene into movie making and, and TV shows. I mean, TV shows might be a little bit different because that is like pretty much a static set in a lot of cases, but um, yeah, that it's just going to be like a lot more money to make movies and stuff like that. And to actually like, they'll take longer to make because all of those regulations will have to be followed. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. Read that specific article, but I, I think I've seen some of like the similar discussion and the, it seems like, and, and so there have been a couple of productions that have restarted, I think one in Australia and one in Iceland. Um, and, and essentially the way they've been able to do it is they just do it, you know, in a very specific area and with the uh, crew and the cast all quarantined together in a hotel and, and not exposing themselves to anyone else. And I imagine, I mean, none of us are, are doctors, who knows, um, but I imagine that that's probably what we're going to see initially is a lot of shooting mostly on studio lots and where everyone involved has to quarantine themselves for the duration of production with a bunch of extra cleaning and testing and it's going to be slow and expensive. I've been thinking about it a lot because Survivor's supposed to start shooting. They were probably supposed to start shooting a while ago actually, but they have, you know, paused it. And I was just thinking like, some of the reality shows technically could kind of get away with some of this stuff, right? Like the, if you do testing before they go into whatever, you know, scenario they're supposed to be into or like fever checks or whatever. And then as long as that whole group is like clean when they come in and they stay to each other only, then you're kind of okay. You know, particularly on a show like Survivor where you're like on an island, obviously the crew probably stay at a hotel and stuff like that, but they might be able to make adjustments where they're the only ones in a small hotel or honestly, they've been in Fiji for like a decade now. They might as well just build like a big ass bungalow. Yeah. And get, you know. <laughs> Why don't they, they, it's crazy. They don't have a compound. That's like I'm sure that they do, but the survivor has been really good for a show that's been on the air for 20 years. They have been really good about like leaks and how things go outside of what you see on TV. Like Mm. there is very few people that like come off and are like, Oh, this is what it's like. And here's where Jeff Probst like lives during the shooting. And like the camera people switch every eight hours. Like there's nothing like that. Like you can't really find a lot of that stuff on the internet. They've done a really good job. They have probably have like a super loyal crew and you know, the people that play survivor, it's not like bachelor where they end up getting like hate and stuff. I mean, some of them do because they say terrible things, but yeah, it's a, I think it's a little easier to keep, like, that's a loyal fan base. You don't sign up for Survivor, like, randomly. You know what I mean? And then come off and be all angry with your experience. You, like, watched 40 seasons and are excited to be a part of it and are happy to sign their NDAs and stuff, so. And that's what you would do. 
Oh, totally. I can't <laughs> wait to go on Survivor. Uh, what, what Bachelorette was supposed to be like isolating and then filming some kind of weird quarantine version or something too i think but i don't remember i didn't follow up on that i thought maybe jordan would know because i don't know actually about them i know that listen to your heart was on recently which was probably filmed pre all of this and i know there was like a lot of shit going down in quarantine with like peter weber the last bachelor like is now with his fourth place person after going from first place to second place like Mm. (laughs) mid-show yeah yeah so like on the finale he dumped his first place and went with his second place person and then they broke up and now he's with his fourth place person kelly flanagan who's like getting all kinds of hate i mean all of them are because peter was a terrible bachelor and then there's still stuff happening with what's his face the little blonde football virgin Oh yeah, what was that guy's name? Clayton Colton. Clayton. Colton. Oh, Colton. 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 Yes, I Colton really don't Underwood. like him. Me neither. Not at all. And um, he's got a lot of backlash happening right now. And then Hannah Brown went and oh, yeah. stayed in like the quarantine pad with Tyler Cameron, who was her. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else about Hannah Brown. No, I know. I'm getting to that. Oh. So. <laughs> She went and stayed in quarantine with Tyler Cameron, which was her runner up. And everybody was speculating that they were dating. But then it was speculation that he was dating like Gigi Hadid or something, too. And then also Hannah Brown said the N word in an Instagram live video. So The Bachelor is kind of way off. Things are going great. Yeah, yeah. That's I thought mess. you were gonna say toxic, but it's like it's already it was already toxic. <laughs> no, no, like it was already toxic and totally like an- antithetical to everything that we want out of our culture. At least I think what most of us want out of our American culture. But then on top of it, now it's like I don't think anybody has any idea what's going on with all of that. It's become a monster that not even ABC can control. It's just no. like this thing with a bunch of young people who like are total freaking idiots. Just yeah, like, yeah. They became their own weird subculture and it's strange. And now it's they're like all beyond. like incestual and stuff. Like it's just really gross and weird. And yeah. this is still, this drama is still happening while everyone is ostensibly quarantining. There's no show. Like, there's no Bachelor on right now. But, like, all of this stuff keeps happening because they have, like, fans and they all become Instagram influencers. And then they get on Instagram and, like, sing a rap song and use the N-word and it blows up. And then they, like, show each other in quarantine together. But, like, that's not who you ended up with at the end of the show. Like, (laughs) why are you guys in quarantine? You're probably together, you know? And, like, it just becomes a monster. And, like, people are crazy. Literally, people will go and search... They will search Peter's family and then see who they follow on Instagram to figure out like who he's with. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, that sounds terrible, pretty extreme. but also impressive. It's a it's a good dedicated fan base. It's almost like uh K pop stands or something. Like they're really there for it. Yeah. Although all I from what I understand, K pop stands also there's some problematic aspects. Yeah, oh yeah. Same same in all ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. well before we dig ourselves in any deeper there uh should we move on to our review of kimmy schmidt yeah Yeah. let's do that i guess (laughs) (laughs) okay so for some context 
this is in a lot of ways, I think, similar, at least in terms of like the basic interaction model to Bandersnatch, an episode of Black Mirror that came out like a year and a half ago. Daryl, I think you were not back yet, but Jordan, we reviewed it, and, and it was possibly one of the most negative reviews we've ever done on the show, I mean, specifically from <laughs> you, Jordan. So for you who did it. listen to that episode, yeah, really quickly, how did you feel about Bandersnatch? I hated it. I hated it. Like, I couldn't get through it fast enough. In fact, I was trying to make my, like, decisions based on what would speed up the process. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's not how these things work. Like, (laughs) Not that one, especially. Not that one, yeah. And, like, also, I don't know, it takes you out of the, particularly with something like Black Mirror, where, like, it takes a little bit of a leap to get you into that world to begin with, right? Like, because we're normally talking about something futuristic or something like outside of the, it's just a little bit off. Like the rules of the world are just a little bit different in the Black Mirror universe. And you have to like, let yourself become part of that and be in that and, and believe it all. And so if you have to like go out and choose every time, that fucking sucks because that pulls you way out of it. But secondly... When you're choosing, and this is true of Kimmy as well, like the filler that they put in to give you the time to choose could be some of the worst content that has ever been put out (laughs) ever, ever, ever. (laughs) Like it feels so forced where they're just like, let's waste some time. Yeah, Maybe yeah. you'll make a choice. And you're like, what the fuck am I listening to and looking at? Like, it's just terrible. I just don't like it as a general format. And it's triple worse with Black Mirror, I think, because that is supposed to be scary. and You're supposed to be immersed in something. And you kind of just want the story to evolve on its own. Like, you don't want to have to be pausing to choose to choose something that's only going to take you back around to where you were anyway. Like, yeah, feels like a waste. I... Definitely was frustrated by that. I didn't. I never actually played the Black Mirror one, or I don't know, interacted with the Black Mirror one. Just it didn't appeal to me at all. Like I think for most of the, I just expected that a lot of that stuff was going to be true uh, that Jordan said. So I didn't. I didn't want to go and find out for myself. But I found it annoying in this one. I think it's this was my first ever interaction with it. So maybe there was a bit more novelty around like. Oh, it's and and they're they're it's a comedy, right? So it's a little bit forgivable when they're like clearly mugging for the camera to like stall for the little timer to run out, right? But it was cute and fun for a couple of them, and then it was annoying for all the rest of them. Like it is a really, I find this format awful. I don't understand why anybody <laughs> thinks that it's a good idea for anything as much. And I love Kimmy Schmidt, and I really enjoy the show, and. I did like this series when, and I often did this, I would just forget that it's interactive and not be paying attention and the timer would just run down and then it would pick the default choice. And I was like, oh, this is great. Can I just <laughs> turn off all the choices and just watch it as a show? Like, I'm al- I'm almost hoping they will just be like, here are the f- four paths or whatever and release them as full-length specials. Like, I think I got a couple of the potential endings but like i didn't really go back and adjust my 
choices that much unless it forced me to, which it does force you to in some cases, right? This one was particularly frustrating because I felt like a lot of the choices it forced it forces you to. Like on the bright side with Kimmy, it's funny content, so it doesn't it's not as right. jarring to be given a choice and like even their in between footage, like their their fluff that they put in for when you're choosing something was like funny and not like in Bandersnatch it's like him staring at a computer right (laughs) and like you do that for like 20 seconds and you're like what the hell but this is like at least it's kind of funny it's not as bothersome and you're not as bothered by the interaction model to begin with but then on the other side of it it's like this one felt like a definitely like a troll of an interactive model because you mm-hmm. choose something and it's like, haha, you killed them. You fucking suck. Why don't you try again, you stupid yeah. idiot? And you're like, oh man, well, just don't give me that choice then. Like, I. But that's, I remember that being more like the actual choose your own adventure, like text adventures or interactive games or whatever, like from the early days of computers or from the books, was that they did say, like, oh, you died, like go back to page whatever and try again, which I I liked that part of it only because it was a bit nostalgic and because it made me feel like I wasn't missing as much. There's a, there's like an element of FOMO with these things that I don't appreciate where it's like, and that happens too with, like for me with video games with multiple endings where I'm like, what am I, what am I going to do? Like I want to see all this stuff, but I don't want to go play through everything to see every possible iteration, right? Like, yeah. In the case of video games, I could just jump on YouTube and like watch, like, oh, here's the good ending, here's the bad ending, here's whatever. And in this, I felt like it was better that it seemed to keep rerouting me. And it's like, okay, that means it's not infinite branches of possibilities. Like, hopefully, there's just like one or two possible endings you can see, and I'm not missing out that much. But yeah, my my sense was like, um, yeah, exactly that. Like, it if we mod if we like modeled bandersnatch out it would be all these different branches intersecting and looping back and i definitely also had my i mean i really liked bandersnatch at first and then as it went on i got more and more sick of it because i could feel you know the hand of the author kind of continually pushing you towards the one or two like true endings that are like bad and tragic Mm. because that's it's a black mirror episode but like it would also but it was like the model was actually like very very complicated and with with this one it really feels like there are a couple of exceptions but almost everything there's a right choice and a wrong choice and if you make the wrong choice you die and then immediately go back and so there's actually almost no meaningful choices that you can make which in some ways is great because it's not as frustrating as bandersnatch was but it also meant that even though i really really enjoyed enjoyed it while it was happening when i looked back i was like well why wasn't that just a 40 minute episode of kimmy schmidt that would have been better yeah totally like an hour of kimmy schmidt would have made me much happier than this but you're right that it was less frustrating than bandersnatch was for a number of reasons and also like i think if we took bandersnatch out of its um choose your own adventure mode and it was like just a episode of black mirror it might be one of the worst episodes of black mirror Mm -hmm. that like it started from terrible content and then (laughs) added this extra stuff to it right like as though that would fix it when in reality it made it worse whereas kimmy is like baseline solid quality comedy in my in my mind like i i've always like i i was kind of annoyed with myself because did you guys finish all of kimmy schmidt before you did this 
I did not. I, uh, no, I, yeah, I did. I did. Definitely. I haven't watched, I think, the last season. Like, I don't know how she got rich. I don't know, like, where Frederick came from or anything. Like, yeah, the last time I checked, on... she was dating some, like, blonde rich guy. Right. No, it, ne- it needs you to have seen the thing to make any sense, right? Like, it's not, it's, it's basically a continuation of the episodes. And, like, how did Titus become famous? And since when did Jenna Krakowski or whatever her name is become a talent agent like i just i was kind of a lot happened in the last season (laughs) it feels like it feels like a lot went down i feel like i was actually in a good spot where i liked it and knew the characters but remembered almost none of the plot and didn't necessarily care that much so like i could almost it was like i had enough backstory that when any of the actors walked on screen i was like oh i know who you are but I like didn't have to. Try. I wasn't like trying to connect the dots with like what I remember from the show. I could just be like, oh, I guess she's a talent agent now. Oh, I guess he's a successful actor. Yeah, now. that's. I fine. mean, it doesn't really matter with this, right? Like Kimmy got rich apparently from writing a book. Like, all right, that tracks in mm-hmm. Kimmy Schmidt's world, right? It's like, but it would I, now I'm like, oh, I wish I would have because I missed the actual episodes of Kimmy Schmidt. They're much better than this thing. So like, maybe I'll just go back and watch. The last season. But I do have to say that the best troll of all in this entire thing, did you guys try to skip the intro? No. No. Oh. <laughs> so I did. Because I would never I also... skip the intro, especially with Kimmy Schmidt. It's so good. Kimmy Schmidt is a great intro, for sure. But I was on a time crunch. I hadn't watched it. So I was trying to like get through it and make like good choices to get there the fastest way possible. It turns out I made a lot of poor ones because I died like six times, but, um, or Kimmy died like six times. But um, when you try to skip the intro, the guy who does the females are strong as hell bit, you know, like the main yeah. guy who's being interviewed, he comes on and he's like, why are you trying to skip the intro? This is a great intro. And like, it actually gets longer, I think. Like the intro <laughs> song actually becomes longer with like more cuts and edits and like a whole extra bridge and stuff. It was like, that's what you get for skipping the intro. Like, don't skip intros. Intro songs are great. And, like, this one's really great. And, like that. he walks off camera and I was like, well, what the <laughs> hell, man? Like, that's actually mean. But I had to give a hat tip to it because it totally got me. That is good. I should I should go back and just do that one just to see that. I, yeah. That's the one thing I would go back for. I'm not going to go back for much else. I mean, if if we did not have the um, the interactivity, which is, I think, is sort of hard to imagine. Although, again, easier to imagine with this than with Bandersnatch. Um, and so it was just this story about, you know, Kimmy discovering that the Reverend had this whole other bunker and trying to rescue the girls, but also trying to get back in time for her wedding. Would we have thought it was a pretty good episode of Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah. I would have actually loved like an hour, 20 minute like movie that finished off the Kimmy Schmidt, same story, but like just give us more content, more Titus, more, you know, Kimmy, more whatever the bag is. I don't know how the bag came to life either. That's new. More of the other mole women who I think are hilarious um like i would have been fine with that like i i just the interactivity kind of blew it for me yeah i i i like kimmy schmidt i want more kimmy schmidt but i didn't like having to uh focus on like deciding what was going on like it was like kind of a cute gimmick at the start and then it was exasperating and then it was just like 
I really don't understand this format. Like I heard an interview with Tina Fey about it and she was like, Oh yeah, it's great. Like they were like, we use this format for this and we think it would be good for you. And she was like, Oh really? Like (laughs) I, I'm, I'm going to make you regret this decision. And like, she was joking, but like, I kind of feel like that's what she did. They should regret that. Like, it's great. And, and, but that I, I don't know the the jokes work like the overcrowding of jokes work. Cause there's a, there's a cap to them. There's a bound like the show works. All of her shows work because it's like, yes, we do jokes a mile a minute, but like it's only one path of the jokes. So, you know, you can go back, you can rewatch it. Maybe you'll catch some of the ones that you missed before when, cause you were laughing, but this is like, Oh, and then we just also did a bunch of parallel paths with an equal amount of like packing jokes in. Right. Which is, Maybe too much, I think. It's not too much jokes. It's just too much work. Like Too I much work to get the jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to. And like, so I play video games because I like to compete. I watch yeah. TV shows to not compete. And it almost feels like when you put decision making into it for the viewer, it's like, oh, I chose the wrong path or I chose the right path or right, I missed right. a path or I, you know, I shot through and I missed something that I would, wouldn't see otherwise. And like, I don't want to feel like that when I'm watching a TV show, especially like a funny TV show, like a layback popcorn TV show. Like there are other things for that. I don't need that in my TV. I just want to like chill and let Tina Fey take me where she wants me to go. Like I'm happy to do that, you know? Yeah. I would say that I agree, although I... Felt that because I, once I figured out that almost any time I made a bad choice, it would just instantly take me back. Like I felt much less stressed because I was just like, it doesn't really matter like which one I choose because either it'll be the right one or like I'll get three more minutes, three minutes of like jokes and then death and then we'll, uh, we'll go back. Um, and like, in fact, I think there's at least one case uh, without spoilers, I would say that involving Titus and singing where I consciously made the wrong choice because I was just like, oh, I wonder what will happen if I if I choose this one. And then it goes very badly. And then, but it wasn't like stressful because I knew that, you know, in five minutes I'd be back on the main path. Yeah. Anyway, Kimmy Schmidt's good. But if, you know what this actually reminded me of a lot that I just thought of was the, like the Sam and Max games, like, like, um, like a choose your own, not a choose your own, but a, a, just a point and click adventure game. And mm-hmm. then like, they fill a lot of gap. They throw a lot of gaps in there or gags in there too, right? Like when you click on things, and the humor is similar, and it's kind of like that. So it is fun in that way that you can go back and just do this, and then be like, "Oh yeah, I hit a dead end. I'll just go back and click this other thing and get another joke." So I do, I do get that in some points, but it was just when I think it was more when I picked a choice that I thought was like gonna be a dead end, and then continued on, and then I was like. Did this put me in a new timeline and then do I have to go back and do this all over again to get what the other one was? Like, I thought it was just going to be a quick laugh, but it's not that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the choices you made and whether or not there actually are are different endings. So I guess we should probably maybe move into spoilers. We don't have to, like, summarize the whole thing, but I am kind of curious about some of the choices we made and whether or not they actually mattered. Um, So if you have not watched slash played through... Uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt special and you d- and you want to be surprised and don't want to know what happens, you should stop listening now. Um, yeah, I mean, did it seem like there were different endings or there's really only the one ending. She makes it back and gets married and saves the girls, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. But there's a couple variants of that, at least, that I encountered. 
I mean, the dress changes, I assume. I assume, too. I didn't want to go back and test that theory because it seemed <laughs> really annoying. Which dress did you guys choose? Fun dress. Fancy dress. I chose what? fancy, too. I, wow. This is another reason, though, that I don't like the choose-your-own-adventure things because, like, it's also the reason that I'll never be a successful novelist because, like, I am so risk-averse. Like, things should be as they should be. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, so what is the smartest and most reasonable way that one person would go about doing something? That's the way that I will choose for them to do it. And so, like, (laughs) for example, when she's choosing between Titus to go on this adventure with her and what's the other person's name? Krakowski? What's Jacqueline? Um, I... Like, Jacqueline is a better person to go on this. Even though I had seen, like, previews and interviews about this where I know that Titus is the way that it's supposed to happen, it just, like, makes sense to me that Jacqueline would be a better person. To ha- like, Titus is lazy and, like, doesn't want to do anything like that. It needs to be you on know a film it, set. And needs to be on a right. film set. Yeah, exactly. Like, how are you going to, you know? And so I get really annoyed because I don't want to put... And I'm sure there's like some like hyper like sadist people who are also like, I'm going to choose the most difficult, horrible thing for you to do. Right. Like, yes. And that's just, I don't know. I don't like it. It's unethical. So I chose the <laughs> fancy dress. That's my way of saying I chose the fancy dress. Yeah. Um, so wait, guys... what did she say when you choose the silly dress? Oh, I wish I'd choose the fancy dress. No, she would cho- you choose the silly dress and then Titus who at, who invited, who had at the beginning suggested she wear the, uh, fancy, the fancy dress. He says, oh, I was wrong. The fun dress is the right dress, and it looks great. Oh, wow. Okay, so that did, yeah. Because the, at the very end of the fancy one, she just expresses her regret. Like, she's like, this is perfect, except I wish I'd worn the fancy dress. Or the, the, fun, the dress. fun dress. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys also have the thing where, um, so there's a choice where you can either make out with your fiancé, plan for the wedding, or read the book. And so I thought, I don't know, maybe I don't know if I need to read the book right now. Maybe I'll read the book later. So I like planned for the wedding. And then at the very end, there's a moment where if you haven't read the book, you get into big trouble. Yeah. And I thought I was gonna have to play through the whole thing again, but it just sort of like jumps back like two minutes. Yeah. And that was I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, I, I did that one too. Wait, which one did you like, guys do? Like I didn't read the book that she finds in the backpack. And then later on, it turns out like you have to have read the book for. Did you guys to plan the wedding? The clue. Yeah, because uh, there's three yeah. options at that point, right? Like you can plan the wedding, read the book, or make out. So I chose to make out, and then it seemed like we were just going to go back in circles until we read the book. So I didn't even plan the wedding. Oh, I oh. see. I think I must have chose plan the wedding too. I chose but I feel wedding. like I feel like that was one that I did by accident, and that just chose it for me which is weird because normally when it chooses it for you it chooses the like correct path thing or the one that will i mean if i was writing the algorithm i would definitely make you choose the wrong path multiple times so that i could get your eyeballs for longer right like yeah 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 but that was i thought that was funny i thought it was good that switched to that um what else did i do oh the other thing that i the only other thing that i did that i went back and changed to try to get the perfect ending was uh i i made the choice that led to me too coming back 
Did you do that one? Wait, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what you're about. talking about at all. Oh, that's really good. Wait, there's a, there's one choice at one point with Jacqueline that you can make where I forget what the options are. But, oh, uh, like go to your Zen moment or lose it when she's talking to the no, writer. It's with the it's with the wardrobe girl, and you can like choose to hear her problems or choose to not hear her, listen to her yeah. problems or not listen to her problems. Oh, because I chose to listen, the script. I didn't go down the wardrobe path. Right, yeah. So if you go down the wardrobe path and you choose to not listen to her problems, um, no, you choose if you choose to listen to her problems, it ends up you, the whole crew confronts you and figures out that you're lying, or confronts Jacqueline and figures out that she's lying, and then someone's like, hey, a woman lied. I guess all <laughs> women lie. Me too's over. And then they just start grabbing all the women's boobs and butts. Like, <laughs> it becomes a... Oh, my God. Uh, all free for all and i was like oh oh, this is the end of the the plot like it was gonna give me the death screen and then go back but it didn't and it just finishes it and then someone in the crowd with the wedding was like thanks a lot for uh ending me too to like jacqueline she's like oh didn't you see my instagram live apology to her (laughs) (laughs) that's funny i actually might go back for that that's I chose it's the script. Did you choose the script, Anthony, or did you choose no, the wardrobe? No, I chose wardrobe. And so I actually, I got to the point where all the crew knows that Jack, something is going on and they're confronting her. Yeah. But before any, before she actually gets into trouble, Titus makes it to set. And so- Yeah, like so you have to, there's a combo of choices. Actually, I don't even know if it's her choice that makes the difference. It might be the Titus choice between the food and ignoring the food in the forest. That results in that because then he yeah shows up and they're all like oh so you weren't lying like he's here and uh, it goes on fine but and then that also fixes his ending because those were the two things I wanted to fix because he was also like I wish I hadn't ate dirt or something like that <laughs> and so okay so I guess yeah, yeah that's like a big hinge point is whether or not you continue trying to help Kimmy or you just stop to eat fantasy food yeah, Don't yeah stop yeah, to eat exactly. the fantasy food. Yeah. Yeah. So that might be the that it might not make a difference then whether you listen to her or not. The one who looks like uh Kristen uh what's her name? But is not her. No, no. Oh, uh she's on Saturday Night Live. Um Yeah. Oh, I know who you're talking about. She was Heidi just Gardner. like an extra yeah. on mine. And I was like, Why is Heidi Gardner an extra? <laughs> like <laughs> there's no interaction with her if you choose the script. Yeah, no, she's she's a more uh, important part of the actual story if you choose the wardrobe but she I can't get over how much she looks like uh, just like what's her, her name? From, from Bob from Bob's Burgers what's her name Kristen uh, like uh, in real life in Bob's Kristen Shaw or like on the show Kristen Shaw no in real life Kristen Shaw like she looks like Kristen Shaw like exactly it's I thought they were sisters I googled are they sisters and <laughs> they're not but Heidi Gardner played uh Kristen Shell on a sketch on Saturday Night Live, apparently. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is hilarious because you just are her. So. It is kind of crazy that Google just like indexed the entire internet where you can be like, are these people sisters? And it's like, we know that answer right now in point yeah. zero 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 two seconds. Well, and that it also knows like when a lot of people are asking that question. Yeah, exactly. And has an answer that's like, no, they're not, but here's something, some related <laughs> content. <laughs> so crazy for like better or worse google has built an incredible instrument um do you guys want to hear what happens when you choose the script or you just don't care about i do do. no no i am interested yeah 
yeah, it's not that great. But when you choose the script, it's an actor that Anthony's going to have to look up. I don't know who he is, but he's in other stuff. He's like a is guy. Is he the beard guy? The big beard, beard guy? guy? Well, no, no, not yeah. a huge beard. Like a regular. No, but he's big and he has a beard. He's big and he has a beardish, like a little bit shorter than yours, I think. And he's got like sandy, medium brown hair and he wears glasses uh, maybe somebody different and um he's the writer and he like sits down with Jacqueline and is like talking about because she essentially says that Titus has problems with the script and wants new pages and he like is like there's 26 kinds of stories man versus man man versus nature robot shark like and he goes down this like insanely long list of like baby goes out for the day and like it's all these movies that you've seen before but a really random list of movies and then your choice with Jacqueline is either to lose it or go to your happy place and I chose to lose it and she smacks coffee out of his hand and then says wow it was so easy to smack that out of your weak hands and then she grabs his hand and he's got a wedding ring on it and like she grabs his hand and almost looks like she's remorseful and she goes i promise you who is whoever is on the other end of this deal like pointing to his wedding ring hates you <laughs> and like it sounds like she's going to say something really nice but it is not nice and eventually he admits that the entire movie is plagiarized that he wrote it from a from a scene in or from an episode of a team he also at some point admits that um when he is still saying that he's a writer and like that he doesn't rewrite stuff for actors and like being all macho about it he's like i won a an award, some award that I would never, you'd never recognize in a million years, like an Adela award or something for an episode of Boy Meets World where Topanga shoots heroin, <laughs> which is pretty funny as well. I uh, think if I'm, if I'm reading this cast list, right, that's probably the Zach Orth who shows up in the other timeline too. And it's confusing because he just shows up at one point and Jacqueline's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the reason you're all here, but we've never seen it before, and no, there's no no other information is added. Yeah, so that he's would a writer. Sense. Yeah, and yeah. Um, then eventually he admits that he's plagiarized the whole thing, and he says that Jacqueline should write the movie, and she's like, "Everybody, stop! Like Titus isn't in his." She's like essentially admits to them that Titus isn't in his little camper or whatever it's called trailer. Right. And just as they're like, why, where is he? And she's like, Titus is. And then that's when Titus comes out of the woods and they're like, we have eyes on Titus or whatever. And she's off the hook. Yeah. But if you had chosen the other Titus option, then I don't know what would have happened. There would probably, you probably would have got the me too. Yeah. Well, it's it's honestly one of the best scenes I think in the whole thing. So you gotta rewatch it. They're so absurd. They all are the like, problem is, oh like, yeah, you can't and they're even, just like, <laughs> fast forward through anything. Like you can't like you can fast forward by ten seconds. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit there and press ten seconds forward and then like make a bunch of stupid fucking decisions just to get to this 
Me too. What if you reload it? You can jump back. That you can do. (laughs) You can jump back to each decision, I think. That's how badly I want to see Me Too end that I am going to go. <laughs> right. I, I don't know why you like that so much, Daryl. It's a no, little... Seriously, Daryl's hey. like, I'm sick of this last two years. This has been terrible. Uh, it's No, I don't like it. It's just very funny how all of the men universally on the set are like, oh, they were ready. and they just immediately get super pervy. And they play the like... The tightest song from the that he recorded that he made a hit like the boobs 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 song or whatever from from the series the, that might have been one of the seasons you didn't see but he records a pop hit that's just all about how great boobs are which is especially <laughs> funny <laughs> because it's right. tightest yeah um, he has no but, interest in boobs really yeah yeah I I was like shocked though because I went to see if you could rewind or if you could like revisit the chapters. So I loaded up Netflix and Selling Sunset season two is available now. So just in case you guys are excited about that. Netflix's original reality show, uh, reality is like heavily quoted there about uh, Sunset uh, Boulevard area real estate agents. Wow. One of of them is a former soap actress like in real life. And now she's like trying to make it. And she's the new girl. It's really good. Have you ever seen Southern Charm, Daryl? No. That's a reality show. It's one of the like either E or Bravo, one of the like incumbent reality shows. Oh yeah. And okay. it's like essentially real world but like a bunch of rich people in the south. That sounds good. It's that sounds kind of like this. I feel like that's kind of what I imagine a lot of reality shows are, just, you know. Yeah. Rich people well, in I would, the south. This is like Laguna Beach except with grown-ups. So mm. that's how but that's again a similar descriptor. You could say like Laguna Beach, but in the South. I do like the real estate like layer in my shows the older I get. Yeah, they show a lot of beautiful LA houses that are way beyond reach. So that's kind of fun. Did you guys watch World's Most Extraordinary Homes? Yeah. I think you could probably guess whether or not I watched it. You should, Anthony. Anthony. It's pretty good. They're really interesting. Get get basic, Anthony. Just yeah, get, get more basic. Like, go get some. No, I'm not, it's not. I am very basic. I just don't watch a lot of reality TV. <laughs> no, I am super basic. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not like trying to brag here. I'm just trying to be clear that I'm just being true to myself. Well, World's <laughs> most extraordinary homes isn't so much like reality TV as it is like just like a, yeah. I don't know what you'd call that class of television, Daryl. It's not like reality <sighs> TV where you have like characters who are like fighting and stuff. It's like. No, it's every like episode a, you go see like two or three homes. It's right. almost it's like, like a documentary, documentary but like without any edifying element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't exactly. really learn anything. You just see. Isn't the this houses. thing neat? Yeah. And some of them are stupid. Like some of them literally are the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like there's one that is like a donut shaped house, and like there's only like maybe like ten feet from one end of the do- like one edge to the inner edge, and then. The- the middle is all outside and like the doors like slide open so you can be inside and outside. But like, how much do you spend on that house to have like tiny little rooms that you can't move around in? Like, why did you do that? I don't know. Maybe right now it's great because you feel like you can go into the donut hall and feel totally safe, but still be outside. It's like in the middle of nowhere anyway. You could have just like built into the donut. 
And some are like super villain homes where like even the yeah. the owner of the house was like, or no, it's not the owner of the house. The the two hosts, which are hilarious, by the way, one guy takes himself super seriously. He's an architect and he like draws out the homes every time. He's like, you see this line and then this line, blah, blah, blah. And then the lady is just like a big kook. She's like, let's find their wine and go swimming in their pool. And they're talking about it. And she's like, it's just amazing. Like you could really almost get lost in here. And it like, he's like, it almost feels like by design. And it's like legitimately a super villain house, like where you have to enter through like a cave and like every piece of furniture is chrome. And like, yeah, like there's definitely women trapped in that home as they're shooting. No (laughs) doubt about it. Anyway, you should watch it. It's good. It's good content. Anyway, back to Kimmy Schmidt. Sorry. Yeah. Speaking of trapped women. I chose to stomp him at first, and then I chose to spare him. I didn't go through shooting him or exploding him. And I also chose to leave the kid behind, but that was only because I was in a rush. I knew it was the wrong choice, and I was punished for it, and I had to go back and babysit first. So I didn't choose to leave the kid behind one, so that's interesting. But I did. I chose every death for him, and it gives you a fun one. When you choose the third, he just comes in and says, oh, you killed me every way that you could. Hey, that's pretty nasty. And he's in hell and he's with the, I forget the puppet's name, but the puppet has no pants on and has a weird little puppet penis hanging out. And then he has to drink his pee at some point. It's pretty ridiculous. But uh, then, yeah, it, then I went back and did it again and then chose, because they each all each death also has its own outcome. And there are three different outcomes. And then there's the combo third outcome of when you do all three in a row. Wow. So, yeah. There's... For someone who hated it, you seem to really go back and alter well, things. And... For little things, I did that. I just, I didn't hate it. I just don't like this format. I liked all the stuff. <laughs> I don't like this format. I just completely participated 100% in the format. I know. They tricked me into participating. They did. They got you. <laughs> tricked you into enjoying it yeah uh and i did check like you can go back and look at the thing and then if you just look for the thumbnail with the the fantasy food table as your previous choice or whatever it should come up jordan and then you can just click on that and enjoy the other scenes but like yeah i don't know i i guess i did enjoy it in the end at first i was reluctant and then i was just kind of like i wish this was a bit i just wish it was more lean back because I guess I'm lazy or because I just wanted when I started watching it, I wanted to be doing multiple things at once. And then I didn't want to have to do all my attention on it, which I guess is kind of like a shitty thing to say as a viewer, right? Like it's almost (laughs) like maybe you should blackmail me into being an engaged viewer. Uh, Maybe that's what I deserve. It's uh, it's trying to make you a better person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say that it is definitely better than Bandersnatch, but still has not, convince me that this format needs to exist i don't think i hate it quite as much as either of you do the format but i it just feels unnecessary yeah yeah it's not it, it's not benefiting it in any significant way right it's not like elevating it to a new level of like wow this is really ambitious what you've done here jordan are you hoping they make a lot more interactive specials Mm-mm. no thank you no please thank you <laughs> I don't want that i don't like it like i said it's like adds too much 
competition isn't the right word, but like the vibe of competition to something that shouldn't have that whatsoever. So. That feeling of I want to do well at this. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to mess it up and I don't want to miss anything. Like if it's just the show start to end, then I it, the only people that lose are the characters or the writers or the directors. I'm not part of that. I'm just here to spectate. You know what I mean? I don't want to be on the field. No, exactly. Yeah, I didn't come to play. <laughs> All right, Netflix. So since I assume all the Netflix executives are listening, never do this again. And I assume that what I say goes for them. Yeah. Right. Twice. So. Twice is twice is enough. You gave it a shot two times. The second time was definitely an improvement, but still fundamentally. But not. It'll never get Why? good. Don't yeah. think it's a it's a continuum where eventually yeah. you can succeed. You're you not going to figure it out. I promise. Yeah. And while you're listening, Netflix execs, let's go ahead and get a move on on another live season too. I'm ready to go. Listen yeah, hopefully that's another, all in the can and just ready life, to, yeah. to put out. I've been checking her Instagram and it seems like... She's training or something. She's, she's doing training s- very hard. So either they're about... I don't think they're about to start shooting because I feel like they would have done that already. Right? It's been almost a year since that came out. You would think, yeah. She might be training for season three. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, let, let's see what Wikipedia has to say about it. So you this. also follow Katie Sackhoff on Instagram? No, she just came up on my YouTube. I think because Tara uses my YouTube for all of her workout stuff. So she had like a workout training video that came up. Katie's are good, Ooh. I think. I've, I have some bad news, Jordan. Uh, it's filming for the second season is expected to begin on March 2nd, 2020 and conclude on June 9th, 2020. So oh no, I'm going to assume back. that did not happen. Yeah. That sucks, man. Sorry. Whatever. All right. Well, on that note, I will just remind listeners that you can always email us at originalcontent at techcrunch.com. If you like what we do, you can also subscribe, leave us a positive review in Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. Have a great three-day weekend. Jordan and Daryl, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye.